Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. San Diego County leaders said they would oppose the placement of sexually violent predators in the county until the state process of placing them is changed. To be considered a sexually violent predator in California, a person has to be convicted of a violent sex crime and diagnosed with conditions such as pedophilia, which makes them likely to reoffend. David Hernandez is a reporter at the UT. So David, tell me, what do supervisors want to see change about this process? So they basically feel like they don't have a strong say um, whenever the state finds a place for a sexually violent predator to live in the community under supervision. Um, They said yesterday during their board meeting that they feel like they have no legal authority to stop the uh, placements of sexually violent predators in the community. So they agreed to send a letter to state officials and essentially demand more control over the process. And um, they also agreed to just overall oppose uh, the placements of sexually violent predators until they see some changes. Um, So that's more or less what they want. And um, we still have to wait and see just how strongly they will lobby for changes. Um, There could be, for example, changes in state laws, and it's unclear how that may play out. Um, And it's also unclear just whether anything will change. Of course, they're making these demands, but we have to wait and see what changes, if anything. A lot of the conversation now, you know, seems to be sparked by an SVP, a 78-year-old named Douglas Badger, who was going to be placed in San Diego County. Can you tell me about that case? Yeah, so um, Douglas Badger has a history of assaulting young male hitchhikers at gunpoint, and his criminal history goes back to um, a conviction in 1981 in Riverside County, and he also had a conviction in 1990 in San Diego County. Um, he was diagnosed with uh, schizoaffective disorder and sexual sadism. Um, he has already lived in the community um, under state supervision, but he had to go back to a state ho- hospital for men- medical reasons. Um, And fast forward to more recently, he petitioned the court to allow him to live in the community again, and he got the green light. So now we're at the stage where state officials are looking for a home to place him. And uh, his case has gotten a lot of attention because um, the state first chose a home in the Mount Helix area. And that drew um, a ton of opposition from residents who felt like it was um, a family neighborhood where he would be way too close to kids and they just felt like it wasn't the right right fit. So in the end, the judge did oppose that plan. And so the state had to look for another location and they chose a home in Rancho Bernardo. And similarly, we saw residents come forward and say that uh, this was a family neighborhood close to a school and a lot of kids and that it wasn't the right fit. So in that case, um, the homeowners actually who had agreed to um, offer up their home to the state, um, they they had um, uh, agreed to that, but later withdrew their, their um, sorry, can I say that again? So the homeowners had agreed to offer their home to the state, but later uh, withdrew their offer because um, they didn't give too much of an explanation, but essentially said that they had been duped um, by, by the state state's contractor. 
Um, so now again, the state has to go back and look for yet another location for Badger. I mean, I guess the real question is where would SVPs go? You know, it doesn't seem like there would be a lot of communities who would openly welcome this. So what proposals are on the table uh, about placing them? Yeah, that's a great point. I, I mean, I think it would be hard to find someone who would welcome a sexually violent predator into their community. Um, and, um, you know, I think, as I mentioned, it's in, uh, important to note that the judge has a say as to whether they pose a threat or not to the community. However, you know, it's at the same time, some would say understandable that nevertheless, residents feel a sense of fear whenever they hear that a sexually violent predator would be living in their community. Um, but to your point, um, I think that's what's gotten really interesting about this whole ordeal um, that in, in the past they were living in more rural areas, maybe away from families or a, a ton of residents. And again, we've seen cases more recently where they're in more populated areas. Um, but the process currently um, allows for them to live in the community, assuming they get all the approvals. So it's a matter of finding the right fit for them, um, I think. And um, again, it's not unprecedented that communities push back. Um, oftentimes we see um, judges having to consider various locations. So they'll sometimes respond to the pushback in a community or uh, um, a variety of other reasons why they may think that that location is not suitable. And then the process starts all over again where the state has to find a new location for the sexually violent predator to live. Um, but there are a lot of different factors that kind of make it difficult, I think, to find a place, a place for them. I mean, do the county supervisors have any real power here so they can oppose this, but can they really stop it? They can't. Um, it, uh, currently, they, they can't. Um, it's, again, up to the state to find a place for them to live if, the, if a judge uh, allows it. And then um, at the end, it's a judge who decides whether or not to allow that person to live in that location. Um, like you said, the county can send letters to the court, to a judge, they can be pretty publicly opposed to this, but they don't have a control um, over the process itself. And that's more or less what they want to change or see changed. Um, more specifically, they want um, veto power. So whenever a the state proposes a location for a sexually violent predator, they want to be able to uh, stop the process if they don't agree with that location.